Well, hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Show podcast. Today, uh, I was flying solo on this episode without Patrick uh, due to uh, him and his wife having a baby in that uh, ongoing situation. Happy to have everybody here. And uh, we uh, took a little deep dive into the design and development of the Peppa Pig theme park in uh, Florida with uh heather and keith from uh from merlin and uh we had a really nice nice discussion about that and i hope that uh, everybody enjoys it thanks so much well hello and welcome everybody to the untitled themed entertainment design show i'm your host andy garfield patrick is out today uh, looking over his, uh, looking out for his new human in his life, uh, a wonderful new baby boy that was, uh, they, uh, as he said on Twitter, they went to a weird resort. They left, they came with two humans and left for three. So he's, I don't know what happened, but, uh, I'm here with my, my guests today, Heather, uh, Concanon and Keith Carr from the Peppa Pig theme park and Merlin entertainment. I'm very excited to talk to them today. And um, let's just get right to it. I, I am so excited about learning more about this park. I, you know, I was uh, excited to follow its development. And then when it opened, uh, you know, I so watched a bunch of videos and stuff. It looks really great. And i um, so happy you guys are here to talk about it. Let's let's first of all, let's learn more about you guys so that we can move forward from that. And Heather, why don't you go ahead and go first? Sure. Hey, everybody. I am Heather Kincannon. I am the communications manager at Legoland Florida Resort, supporting both Legoland Florida theme park, water park, hotels, as well as our brand new Peppa Pig theme park. Um, I also manage all the social media, so make sure to follow us. Fantastic. Thanks, Heather. I'm uh, Keith Carr. I'm the director of design and construction for Merlin Entertainments, uh, the parent company that owns Peppa Pig theme park. I oversee all capital development for the Americas. So any new hotel, theme park, roller coaster attraction runs through our team. Oh, that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'm really happy to have you guys here. You know, um, you know, since I, you know, I'm a 48 year old uh, single childless male, I don't really know a lot about Peppa Pig. Um, Tell me, uh, tell me about how. Tell me about the brand and how it came to be that there is a Peppa Pig theme park. Do you want me to take that one, Heather? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, I mean, why not Peppa? She's like a superstar international uh, uh, icon when it comes to the toddler preschool market. So, uh, in our world, you know, IPs mean everything. Uh, if you look across the board with all of the the competitors set here in the U.S. and globally. And what better IP to partner with than, than Peppa? So as we, we were looking at exploring, uh, you know, new licensing agreements and what brands would, would go well with the Merlin portfolio, Peppa kind of rose to the top. So we initially looked at dabbling into the market with our Peppa Pig World of Place. So we do have a, a smaller uh, um, kind of play experience that sit in smaller markets uh, that was kind of our test into into the realm of of using Peppa as, a, as an IP. Uh, they were uh, hugely popular, received very well by the mass public, 
which then evolved into, you know, looking at doing something larger, a standalone theme park. Uh, so that's that's kind of how, you know, we got involved with the pig, as we say. And, uh, <laughs> at the point that time, it was E1 uh, was the original uh, uh, partner that had the brand uh, that's now rolled into the Hasbro uh, portfolio. So it's been a, a great partnership with Hasbro to kind of let this come to, to life. That's interesting. It sounds like it's kind of a no-brainer, you know, just a natural progression of the brand. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, it, it really is. You know, if you look at Merlin as a whole, uh, between Lego uh, and, and our brands that are, are geared towards children, uh, there just was a, a niche in the market, so to say, that's missing for that that toddler market. You know, that kind of two to five year old just doesn't really exist. Uh, so, you know, looking at the, the long term vision uh, uh, Peppa plays very well. And it, you know, some initially thought that it would, it was uh, a risk, so to say, to, to limit your guest audience to such a small, narrow di uh, uh, demographic. But Merlin felt passionately behind it that we do, you know, want to reach out to those younger guests and really develop something specifically for them uh, that they can enjoy just like their older siblings do. Well, along those lines, then what was the process, if you can tell me the process behind choosing the location for the first Peppa Pig solo theme park? Yeah, gosh, that was a long process in the making. So we've been working on this for several years, uh, as you could imagine. And um, I went all over the U.S. touring sites and areas and locations. Uh, and there were several that got close to being shortlisted. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Orlando is is a mecca for for tourism. You know, we we have you know great uh, competitors to the north of us uh, that do a wonderful uh, job of, of branding and, and guest entertainment. So it it really was almost a no brainer that this needed to be located uh, in the Orlando marketplace. Uh, and what better uh, location than just steps away from Legoland, Florida? So it's nice to be able to add on to the resort proposition that we have uh, with this standalone park. Uh, right there at you know outside the gates. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I have yet to be to the go to the Legoland in Florida. I've been to the one here uh, in Carlsbad down here in Southern California, and it, uh, it's fantastic. Um, can you can you reveal at all uh, the some of the other possible locations that you had under consideration? Um, whew, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Uh, I want you to get in trouble. You don't have to talk. <laughs> so I, I, I can talk around uh, generalities. So, you know, mm -hmm. we did we did look West Coast. We did look kind of uh, uh, middle America, so so to speak, in terms of the trial of where this one would go. And we end up on the East Coast, ultimately. Sure. No, I mean, Orlando is a great choice. And especially, you know, adjacent to uh, your existing properties as well, too. It's great. Um, well, you know, let's uh, why don't we share the video that we have, this sort of overview uh TV spot that you have. Yeah. It starts with snorts and squeals. Then come the tiny roars. And before you know it, you have muddy piggies and flying piggies everywhere. It's the world's first Peppa Pig theme park. Ride, splash, and zoom with Peppa Pig and her friends at Central Florida's all-new Oinktastic theme park created for preschoolers. Peppa Pig theme park, annual passes starting at less than $75. That's so cool. The wording is so careful on that copy as well. It's like a theme park for preschoolers, you know, making sure that that was in there as well to like, you know, sort of, you know, surgically target 
that demographic. That's really cool. That's a great, it's, it's such a cute looking park and all the pictures and video that I've seen just make it look so charming. Uh, about how big is the park? Uh, in terms of total dwell, it's about a half day experience, give or take, mm -hmm. depending on what time of year you come in and um, uh, the the visitation uh, guests in the park. So we figure because of the age demographic, four to five hours really is about the max attention span that you're going to get from you know a preschooler. So we think that's kind of the sweet spot. You'll We find some guests that will stay and play all day. Uh, just because they're having such a great time, uh, you, you know, experiencing the different playscapes and rides. But yeah, the, uh, the 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 four to five hours kind of our sweet spot. Yeah, it is literally crafted for a preschooler. That that's all the attention span they have, and um, and they play hard. They will get there bright and early, and their families will spend um, what, like he said, the whole day playing. And be sure that the, your toddler will be asleep by the end of the day. They played so hard. <laughs> Is there a space for nap time? <laughs> there is a quiet area. The cinema um, experience features several beanbag chairs, and they're playing up your some of your favorite episodes of Peppa. So it's a great air conditioned space to kind of calm down, get a little air, and you know maybe catch a couple Z's on those <laughs> sleeping bags. I, I won't mean, tell if you won't. Beanbag chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of, of a nap uh, or two at theme parks myself, so <laughs> I, I won't reveal where. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's, uh, I, you know, I really want to get into that that sort of space, space, quiet space kind of stuff, but really, really quick, we have a couple more questions before we get there uh, about, like, the, you know, you mentioned it's, 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 crafted specifically for preschoolers and their parents what uh can you walk us through the decision process for the like the individual attractions and the thrill levels and or lack of thrill you know for for the individual attractions yeah i mean that's that's probably the funnest part andy is is, is blue sky you know you kind of start with a blank sheet of paper and uh we spend a lot of time internally going over you know what is it that makes peppa pig you know what what are our favorite episodes uh, what are the things that we pull from from that that we can then transform into this real life upscaled version of the cartoon right in our backyard? So, again, going back to the age demographic, we didn't want it to be strictly just rides because we find that, you know, a lot of the toddlers like to have this free play, you know, to be able to interact, play with the sculpts, play with the friends, the characters uh, there on site. So we strategically looked at placing uh, some of our attractions within zones, but also having free play within the same area. So it's a good balance between between the two. But um, you know, we we tried to we tried to balance it out with who are who are the main characters that we'll find within the show, and those lands were then kind of framed uh, around what that character is, what they're known for, and the storyline started to uh, unwind behind that. And then you know, going out into the to the industry. And placing, you know, rides that we thought would be applicable that also meet the storyline that can have a great, you know, background and continuation uh, for that character in each one of the lands. So you'll also find that you'll 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 get a lot of other sculpts and other secondary characters that that are there that kids love. I think one of the coolest things that I have seen to date is that three year old that comes in and they see, uh, you know, uh, Granddad Dog, you know, sculpt is standing outside the ride and they want to go up and give him a big hug and a kiss because they think it's like the real character uh, there within the area. So uh, do you have walk around characters? Uh, we do have costume characters. Yep. Awesome. 
I bet those are those are big with the kids too. Huge. Yeah, there's yeah. a live show. So we do live shows where we'll bring out characters that do a performance uh, out there at our outdoor stage as well. Awesome. So, but uh, you know, I, one of the attractions is the trails uh, and the playscapes and things like that. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So again, if you get into it, we have uh, play areas within each one of the lands, and it, it's allowing the kids, as Heather said, to burn off more energy. You know, they want to run, they want to interact, get on the play structures. Uh, so we'll have an array of slides and uh, themed out uh, play sculpts, uh, hedges, mazes that you know lead into uh, magical frogs. Um, we have our muddy puddle splash pad area. So it's a large uh, um, splash play area with uh, uh, sensory jets and tip buckets so the kids can run around uh, all the way into a, a, a treasure chest a sand pit area where kids can dig around and find buried treasures. So there's a lot of, of opportunities for the, the littlest uh, of our of our guests to experience and play using sensory and, and, and the, the tools that they're just starting to get involved with in life. That sounds really cool. Is, is there actual mud in the mud play area? <laughs> we hope not, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about the sensory experience of this whole thing. And, you know, it's so easy for little kids to get, you know, sensory overload and especially neurodivergent kids uh and their families to get sensory overload peppa pig theme park is is turns out especially designed for those uh those kids and their families that that you know are sensitive to to you know sensory overload and things like that and you know other neurodivergent and other you know uh differently able people you know uh you know, uh, people, you know, blind people, deaf people, things like that, you know, and there's all kinds of uh, design elements uh, that you have worked into the whole park to cater to those people. And I, I'm really excited to learn more about that. And, you know, working with the IBCCES to ensure that, you know, all the guidelines are met and all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I please, I want to hear more all about that, uh, that initiative in the park and the design. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of these where, as an industry, we all feel we can do better, right? It, it's one that we're constantly striving to improve on to make sure that we're, you know, inclusive for all. And it started very early uh, within the process of, you know, what can we do to cater to all guests uh, within our rides? Uh, we took a, a, a balloon tower that's produced by Technical Park and work with their design teams uh, to retrofit an existing gondola uh, to make it so that a wheelchair could roll on. So it, it's one of it's the small things where it takes a little bit more planning up front. Uh, but if you give it enough time, you can find out that we can actually make everything accessible. So guests now can take their their, their wheelchairs right onto the ride and experience it without having to transit through a transfer platform. So we're very proud that we're able to, you know, to accommodate a lot of these things. Uh, you look at our Muddy Puddles attraction, we have uh, sensory water loops that, you know, you can run through with a wheelchair as well. Uh, we also worked with the IBCCES on getting this park to be certified as an autistic uh, certificate, certified park. Uh, and that really deals with, you know, what, what is the, the sensory uh, levels that we're going to have over five different categories. So that's touch, taste, sound, sight, and smell. So, you know, parents can log on to the website before they arrive 
and understand what attractions, what rides uh, have different levels when it comes to these, depending on what um, uh, level of autism their children have, they know what might not be applicable for them, where they might need to, you know, maybe only experience it in smaller doses and what areas they can go to uh, uh, that's, that's really fit for, for their children. So it, it was a fascinating experience to work with them and kind of walk through. We have placards, uh, throughout, throughout the experience, uh, that kind of show what different levels, uh, each ride and attraction have. And then our puddle jumpers, uh, are also trained to help assist guests and, and their children throughout the park. Well, that's so exciting and so so awesome to have all that inclusivity and accessibility. What was what's the process? Was the actual process like to like get certified? Like, do they? Is it like the Guinness World Book of World Records? Do they send somebody out to like assess the situation and, and look at what you've done, or is it? Are, are they involved in the design process? So we brought them in uh, as we were, you know, designing and building the rides, and there's input in terms of. I wouldn't say necessarily ruling things out, but just making sure we have an understanding of what level this ride is going to to uh, rate in at, just so we can be clear that we have enough uh, diversity throughout the park for everyone to enjoy. So we, we build the park and then there's a certification process where they'll come out and we walk every square inch. You know, we're, we're listening to uh, the levels of the music. Uh, we're seeing how uh, many flashing lights there are. Um, you know, what is the touch sensory? Are, are we having thrilling ups and downs like on Daddy Pig's Coaster? Are we interacting with the lap bar? You know, are there big flashing lights? So we kind of analyze every single square inch uh, in terms of what's there. And then it comes up with a rating. So that, that's one piece in terms of how we how we classify the park as a rating base. The other side is the operational implementation. So all of our puddle jumpers have to go through training as well. So a training course is put together uh, that comes with continuing education just to make sure that it's not only designed, but we're also implementing it uh, in the way that it's supposed to be experienced. Tell me more about the, the puddle jumpers. Are these are these special guides, the special like uh, sort of department of, of team members that or they or are all of the, you know, operational people sort of trained in this way? So all of the employees at Peppa Pig theme park are called puddle jumpers. Um, okay. So they are all trained and qualified and equipped to handle any situation that comes, um, comes to ground. It's just so exciting, honestly, to be a part of a park that is taking all needs into account and making sure that all families um, feel prepared to go through this experience. Well, that's great. It's it, so, wow. I mean, it just sounds like such a special place, you know, um, that, you know, it, it's so it's, it's sort of shocking that something like this didn't, doesn't exist, didn't exist already for that market and for, you know, this level of accessibility. I, I love that, you know, we can use this park as, as, as an example going forward for, you know, you know, even big, you know, bold, brash, new theme parks, you know, like how hard is it to, you know, have a little trail off to the side, you know, where you can have a quiet moment or something like that with your, with your kids and every, everybody relaxed and calmed and all that kind of stuff. That's really cool. We love that. You love it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really interesting. I love this stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that sort of leads to my next question. It's like, you know, what about this experience uh, of designing this park uh, and building it uh, and, and watching it operate now for a while. 
you know, what what are the the big takeaways that you've had in terms of the design um, and operation? You know, that you think you can, that you will absolutely implement in future attractions and, and projects. Yeah, so it's a good question. We've, um, you know, we have some experience in this in this preschool market. So at our sister park in Alton Towers, we have CBB's Land, uh, which is a small, you know, activation within a larger park uh, that caters to to the preschool market, and then a, a small Peppa Pig activation in Gardaland, which is a theme park we own in, in Italy. So we we did take a lot of those learnings initially to help, you know form our, our our design kind of intent for this this park here in florida um but it was that as with everything there's always learnings you know even the best laid plans on on paper once we get guests in there operating we, we find that there's always little tweaks and things that we want to um, we want to improve on so uh i wouldn't say there's anything drastic but just small takes that we see how the kids are kids are interacting with the space and some things that we might enhance in uh, in possible future developments of this park are definitely being uh, being noted oh, that's awesome uh do we uh charlie we have a uh do we have a video about the accessibility of the park let's run that Oh, I, I didn't realize there was an audio. <laughs> so like, why don't you go ahead and walk us through what we're seeing here, some of the special features. Yeah, so this is the, oh, yeah. the balloon ride that we were discussing about. This is the wheelchair accessible gondola that we created. And I think that's actually a video of me showing how it works, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but what's quite nice is that the, you can you can wheel into the, the space uh, and safely access the ride. Uh, just as any other patron would. So you is don't every single that. gondola equipped that way, or is it just that one? Just the one for this attraction. Mm -hmm. And as you really talk cool. about, you know, lessons learned for future projects, I think what we've learned is that with enough time, uh, we can make big strides in making more more rides more accessible for others. Um, sure. It just just takes proper planning on the upfront, and we were granted with enough time on this one to be able to really push the envelope. Uh, and really trying to, you know, stretch our teams to find ways to make it more inclusive. Yeah, I, I, I'm so happy that that's happening. And it's just, uh, I think yesterday, I just saw the video that was released uh, at the for the uh, the the transfer process that was developed for the Velocicoaster at Universal Studios, yeah, uh, Orlando and uh, oh, Islands of Adventure. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> don't at me <laughs> uh yeah i just just saw that video of, of the, the the transfer mechanism and and procedure that they created that you could just roll right onto the coaster it's like a never before done thing and i you know i think that uh like there's at this point there's no reason not to be accommodating uh for for all these different situations and i think it's fantastic that's yeah. really cool. It's an exciting time we, we live in, and it's great to see everyone really pushing the limits on it and, and trying to strive to make everything more inclusive. I know we take it personally inside of Merlin that it is one of our key drivers. Uh, you know, what ways we can always improve and, and, and get better in the space? Because, you know, I think historically uh, attractions haven't done enough uh, before. So it's really good to see the industry kind of moving into that direction as a whole. Uh, Jeremy Grunert, uh 
uh, formerly of Universal, worked on Velocicoaster, just commented, and so I just <laughs> brought up his project. <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for watching. Um, we'd love to have you on the show to talk about that. <laughs> um, so, like, how is it going? Like, how how are guests consuming the park? Like, is it is it meeting or exceeding what you hoped for? And it is. Oh, sorry, Keith. <laughs> You're so excited to share that it is surpassing all of our expectations. Um, families are absolutely loving the theme park. And what's even better is that the kids are loving it. Um, I think a, a big wow moment for me was seeing our on our grand opening day, seeing the kids run to Daddy Pig's coaster. And for so many kids, that's their very first roller coaster. That's a big moment in any anybody's life. So to see so many families embracing this and getting to share those big vacation moments with us has been truly rewarding. And it's incredible to see families um, grow and fall in love with Peppa all over again. I've seen a lot of um older kids get to experience peppa because they grew up with her as a kid so it's get it's getting to see their childhood um legends or icons in real life it's been a, truly an exciting experience and um honestly if you ever need a little bit of sunshine going out to that park is it's just whimsical it's bright it's colorful and it's inclusive and it just it brings such joy to all of us who've gotten to work on the project you're getting 10 year olds experiencing nostalgia for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been great for us. It, it's a wonderful product. Um, it, it's exceeding expectations. Uh, even the highest standards that we set corporately, it's it's doing very well. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, with all, I mean, we, we sort of already went over this, but like, what uh, what are the big takeaways uh, from this process? Do you think uh, are going to inform Merlin projects going forward? Well, I think we're always going to be diversified in our portfolio, and I think that there's a space for the toddler market. And I uh, I can't comment on it specifically, but you know, watch the space. I think you'll find more of these toddler based <clears throat> attractions uh, coming to an area you know within the U.S. in the near future. Well, that's very exciting, you know, um, and I mean, we, you know, might see a new Peppa Pig theme park somewhere in the world. You never know. I know. <laughs> very exciting. We um, sure hope so. Well, I mean, you know, now that we've talked about the park, I want to talk about you guys. Like what, uh, how did you get where you are? Like, where is, what was your journey to this moment where the Peppa Pig theme park opened like you know uh have you always been in theme entertainment you know I'm, I'm curious to learn more about you guys you can go first Keith you want me to go <laughs> yeah go for it all right so um it, I've only been in the themed industry with Merlin so I've been with them now for gosh about eight and a half years uh, and prior to that, I came from the general contracting background. So I've always been a construction guy, you know, hard hat, swinging a hammer, uh, went to school for it. I've built everything from nanoscale research facilities to office buildings to apartment complexes, you name it. So when the opportunity came to make the jump into the theme park entertainment, I, I couldn't say no. And I don't think I'd ever look back again. It's been a, a wonderful journey to, you know, develop all these different family entertainment centers you know, across the U.S., you know, work on prototype rides, 
coming out of China or Canada that we then roll out globally uh, across the portfolio. So it's been it's been a fun experience. I think it's it's one that it's been great. You know, growing up here in Florida, we've always had Disney and Universal in the backyard. I think anyone that's lived here as a kid, you've worked for Disney Universal at some point. Um, I was on uh, 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 Alien Encounters, if you go way back, which is now, I think, uh, Lilo and Stitch's Great Escape uh, is what it's called now. Don't yell at me because I probably got it wrong, but it used to be called Alien Encounters. And I was one of the uh, one of the guest uh, greeters on that attraction back when I was 16. So, you know, it, that was my first kind of run into the themed entertainment industry. And it's kind of great to get back to it again. You know, um, when I uh, I was working at uh, Imagineering when I was 20 in the AV department. And one of the things that I did was I was, I got pulled into a, a recording session for all of the technicians yelling at each other at the end of alien encounter. So you heard my voice at the end of that ride. <laughs> what a small world <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, that's awesome. I don't have any connection to alien encounter. So I feel left oh, out that's here. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And I was very bitter when they turned it into Stitch. Sorry, Disney fans, don't come at me. Um, <laughs> uh, I've always been in communications. Um, I got my master's in digital comms from Syracuse. So um, very passionate about storytelling. But as far as um, the theme park industry, I have grown up as a theme park lover. Some of my best family vacation memories are go coming going down to the theme parks and uh, getting to ride the rides. And so to be a part of a company that values that that storytelling and being a part of a grand opening of a theme park that's going to mean so much to other families has been just an awesome experience. And I love that the theme park industry is always changing and it's growing and it's become such a big part of my life. So it's great to be able to share it with others um, through our social media channels and our communications. It's just been an awesome ride. Yeah, it's very rare that you get to be involved with the the opening of a whole new theme park. It's like, you know, yeah. dozens and dozens of rides open every year all over the world. And, you know, but like maybe we'll get a new theme park once every couple of years or three years. You know, I mean, I worked on the Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi Park. Yeah. I wrote a lot of the music for it and did a lot of the sound design for it over many, many years. And it was so exciting to be there for the opening. of. I had that same experience where I got to watch guests experience this kind of thing for the first time you know especially you know you know guests in the you know uae who you know maybe hadn't had that kind of an experience before and it was oh it's just so great to just watch the fruits of your labor be enjoyed so fully i think that's what keeps us hooked andy is, is just that you know it's, a, it's blood sweat and tears that goes into it uh for years and years but it's those grand opening moments and just seeing the guest face as they're enjoying you know what you created is it's that that adrenaline that keeps us coming back for more punishment as we say yeah. <laughs> oh i love it i mean it's such a it's such a great industry and we're so lucky to be a part of it and you know i mean i grew up uh, in anaheim right near disneyland as well you guys grew up in in florida so I, it happened to me for in anaheim and i just you know i'm sort of genetically predisposed to do this <laughs> 100%. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, like, uh, I feel like we ran short, but like, you know, I feel like we covered a lot of it. I mean, what is there anything else that, that you guys want to talk about that, that we haven't touched upon? 
Anything from you, Heather? I mean, God. I don't know anything from you. You want to get me I'll talk and talk and talk and talk. I know. Well, well, Heather, Heather, I feel like we haven't heard much from you. I want to talk, talk, talk me through um, how do you, uh, how the marketing of of a new attraction like this uh, to 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 the the local and broader market like how is it different from you know marketing like a legoland or even like a, a universal or disney park yeah so what's so incredible and keith touched upon this earlier is that peppa pig theme park is crafted for preschoolers there's nothing really like that that exists on its own and so that experience is what we've been truly focused on sharing and really bringing Peppa to life. Um, this is the only place in the world that you can just go in and walk through Peppa's house and ride on Daddy Pig's roller coaster. So bringing that IP to life really um, motivated a lot of the marketing campaigns and just making sure that parents know that this is for preschoolers. This is just for them. There's no, you know, there, there aren't a lot of lines to wait in. There's a lot to do that's perfect for them. They love to play. We've got it. They love to take a take a sit down in a cool area. We've got it. So it's just this very unique experience that we've gotten to market. And it's been very exciting for me dealing with a lot of different social media partners and getting to hear the positive feedback that they felt that their child could really experience everything in the park. So often the not kids are upset that they aren't tall enough to ride the big coaster yet, but here they can do it. And it's, it's exciting to have a theme park that's just built for them. So really sharing that story has been the driver with all of our marketing campaigns. That's really cool. Yeah. One, one thing that, that occurred to me while you while you were talking about that is, uh, you know, um, they're, you know, about the ACE, the American Coasters, Coasters Enthusiasts. How do you handle it when like a bunch of ACE dudes show up at the park without kids that want to get the credit for the coasters? Come on in. Right. Okay. A Daddy Pig roller coaster is <laughs> such a ride it it actually it has a launch it has a kick to it um keith can talk more into technical terms about it but it, it has a little thrill like i i had seen a lot of parents go whoa that was that was fun and like i i had been on it a bunch of times so i'm like yeah this this packs a little punch so i definitely um encouraging coaster enthusiasts to come on out and check it out it's such a it's hey look at that like that's a fun ride that looks fun I, it doesn't matter how old you are <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Pink knuckle, as we like to say. It's a pink knuckle. Oh, that's so cute. Pink knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. Well, this is what happens when you don't have Patrick and me yammering on for 20 minutes at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, you know, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. And, you know, we have uh, the hashtag there. We go, the, the, all the, the socials. Everybody visit the, uh, the Peppa Pig socials. And, um, Let's see. I just, oh, sorry. I was looking at one of the comments. Um, but yeah, uh, visit visit them on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I'm sure that uh, Peppa Pig has a Twitter as well. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you guys and learning all about this project. It's very exciting. And I'll be in Florida for IAPA this year, and I'm definitely going to check out the park. Yeah, Let come visit. Let's see us. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you.